You're listening to the Expert Insights Podcast, the home of leading cybersecurity conversations. It's hard to think of an industry or sector that has not been affected by ransomware. Businesses of all sizes and industries, governments, schools and universities, even hospitals have been hit by ruthless and efficient ransomware attacks. Ransomware attacks are becoming increasingly sophisticated as criminals leverage effective new techniques to evade security controls. According to the 2023 Zscaler Threat Labs ransomware report, attacks are up by over 37% compared to last year, with a staggering average ransom demand of $5.3 million to restore corrupted data. On this episode of the Expert Insights podcast, I spoke with Zscaler's global CISO and head of security research, Deepin Tasai to find out why attacks are on the rise and how you can keep your data protected. I'm Joel Witz, and this is the Expert Insights Podcast with Deepin Desai. Uh, Deepin, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today to discuss Zscaler's latest ransomware report. Uh, the report is stark reading for security teams. So what are the main takeaways from the report that businesses really need to be aware of? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll start by uh, sharing what this report is. Uh, Zscaler Threat Labs, which is our security research arm, publishes an annual ransomware report that basically looks at all the data points that we see in Zscaler Security Cloud. This is where we are responsible for protecting 7,000 plus organizations. We see 300 billion transactions, half a million new unique payloads, and block about 8 billion threats and policy violations daily. So team took a look at what's seen in the platform. <clears throat> now, as part of our daily tracking and coverage activity team also tracks several malware uh, operators, including ransomware operators, uh, their infrastructure, their, their, their ransom portals, and many other resources that basically gives us a glimpse into how these attacks are evolving. So combining all of that, uh, um, your team publishes this annual write-up where we document all the findings, we compare um, how things have changed uh, from a year ago. So year-over-year comparison, I saw the stats that I will call out. I know this, this thing is some of the folks are saying, hey, it's plateaued, the number of attacks, um, based on what we have seen, uh, both from tracking as well as uh, things observed in our sandboxes. 38% overall growth year over year in ransomware attacks. <clears throat> there is 37% increase in double extortion attack. The new leading ransomware family in terms of successful ransomware attacks is Lockbit. So Lockbit uh, came out number one now, obviously with the uh, more recent move it vulnerability being exploited by clop ransomware they managed to get into a lot of organizations so that that leadership board may change a bit but as of when we published the report it was lockbit with almost 800 plus successful attacks that they were able to conduct uh almost 40 percent of these attacks um, actually it's yeah a little over 40 percent were aimed at organizations in the united states and then the final key point that uh, we call out is um, more and more ransomware operators, uh, almost eight out of 11 top ransomware families are using ransomware as a service model, right? So it's a framework, it's being rented out, it's being sold, 
and and uh, that's how they're able to launch large scale sophisticated attacks what are some of the factors that you're seeing which are driving those big increases in ransomware attacks and you know is is do you see the ransomware as a service model having a significant impact on on driving the number of ransomware threats yeah so definitely ransomware as a service model does reduce the barrier to entry it also takes care of uh, you know solving the problems like how do i how do we avoid detection from traditional technologies how do we incorporate tooling for uh, you know moving around how do we incorporate tooling for encryption <clears throat> optimizing all of those areas so uh, 100% that does help uh, in improving the chances of launching successful attack. That's number one. Number two reason that we're that I would call out why we're seeing more and more attackers. These gangs are weaponizing vulnerability exploits into the payloads. What I mean by that is when a vulnerability like uh, Log4j or or Exchange Server vulnerability or the MoveIt vulnerability, right? The, these kind of vulnerabilities are discovered. Many of these gangs are fairly quick in incorporating the exploitation module inside their payloads. And one thing where organizations uh, are caught off guard is often everyone will prioritize patching assets that are exposed to the internet first. Uh, ideally, they should reduce that attack surface because what you can't see, you can't attack. Uh, but in that process, they often deprioritize patching the internal asset, thinking that they have more time. Um, but if the internal network is a relatively flat network where any user can get to any other uh, destination within the network after they are authenticated, that's what we call legacy flat network, then that unpatched server becomes one of the beachhead for, for the bad guys to pop the server, escalate privilege, steal sensitive information. And that's where I call vulnerability weaponization. Um, I mean, weaponizing payload with vulnerability exploit is another major contributing factor. And we will continue to see that as, uh, as a trend going forward. The last one that I will mention is <clears throat> rise in encryption-less um, uh, attacks. Now this, if you think about it, uh, there are multiple reasons uh, uh, they may be doing this. Right? There are many ransomware families that are now just focusing on stealing data. They're not encrypting data within the environment. So they're still going through the cycle of getting inside, establishing the network foothold, getting onto the crown gel application, stealing the data, but they're not encrypting anything in the environment. And the goal over here is, to avoid any kind of public attention, any kind of law enforcement attention, both for the victim as well as the ransomware gang. And this is where they're able to you know, get a lot of these successful attacks done and ransom paid out without even uh, you know, uh, some of the attacks uh, staying undocumented. So that's the third reason why we're seeing more and more of these attacks where they're shifting their tactic to just stealing data and i'm talking about large volume of data several terabytes of data as high as 24 terabyte is what we saw in one of the recent attacks so there's this stereotypical idea of a ransomware attack where an organization's critical systems are shut down and the whole network kind of grinds to a halt 
Would you say that's shifting to a more subtle approach where the business maybe can continue to function, but that data is still still very much at risk? Yeah, and, and look, I mean, you're, you're spot on, right? This is where I would even go to the extent of saying they're go, going more and more towards customer service, <laughs> towards the victim, <laughs> right? Where they want to avoid disruption for their customers <laughs> by, by not bringing down their business operation. Uh, number well, two, um, I mean, some of these groups, uh, and, and we can share some uh, some examples, they even are going to the extent of calling uh, this attacks as post-exploitation pen testing exercise, right? So it's as if they're doing a, a favor, a security assessment for these gangs. And actually, the reports that they provide to these victims after the ransom is paid out are pretty detailed on how they got in, how they moved around, how they stole data, and what these organizations need to do in order to plug some of those gaps. But uh, I mean, it's still a ransomware attack. It's it's not a white hat service. Yeah, and and one of the co common question is, will they actually delete the data? And that's where uh, what we see is they go to a large extent on on giving that confirmation to the victim folks. In some cases, if they stole your data by uploading it to um, a SaaS based service, they will give access to that account where the customers or where the victim's data is present and then have the victim themselves delete the data, right, as a confirmation. <laughs> and, and, and again, in this area, I wouldn't be surprised if they even say, hey, we can give you a reference check from a previous victim <laughs> that we, we <laughs> keep, keep our word on removing the data. There, there is a certain type of logic to it, isn't there? Because I know a lot of businesses that, um, you know, I've heard who have been affected by ransomware, that, that you are put off from paying the ransom because a lot of the time you hear the data is, deleted anyway or there's no way of recovering the data that's encrypted so why would you pay up i guess in that model you have some assurance that okay at least if we pay we know the data is going to be gone and we, and we can move on the, the other thing that was very interesting to see in the report was an increase in these kind of advanced polymorphic malware that can evade static antivirus controls you know are you seeing an increasing sophistication in You've already mentioned the sort of vulnerability exploitation attacks. Is that part of an increasing sophistication in the way that ransomware is being executed? And, and what does this mean for security teams? Is, is ransomware becoming much harder to remediate against? So, yeah, we, we, we do see several uh, changes in, in the way. And, and this is, it's a constant evolution. It's not like, hey, we're now on version X, which is not detected by anyone. It's like they they make changes to the TTPs that are being leveraged across the chain. So if you think about it, the first stage is where they find you, they will try to get inside your environment and they rely on a user making a mistake or, or, or in case of vulnerabilities, an unpatched asset that they're able to pop using an exploit. Once they have established that single system persistence, they will then attempt to move laterally. Now that is where we see a lot of these guys using legitimate IT tools, which even your IT team will use. And that's where it becomes trickier for uh, even EDR tools to distinguish between, oh, is this a ransomware attack in progress or is this an IT team running a tool, right? Now, yes, there is more nuance to it, but um, at a high level, they, they're leveraging a lot of these legitimate tooling to evade endpoint detection. So that's second piece. The third piece is where once they are able to establish persistence inside the entire environment, 
when they steal data, they're taking advantage of the fact that a lot of these destinations where they're exfilling data, these are legitimate storage, cloud-based storage service providers. So they will use HTTPS, TLS encrypted session to upload large volume of data from these crown jewel applications. Now, if the organization is not performing TLS inspection, they're blind to it. And, and in many of the successful attacks, that's what we see. They're able to exfiltrate terabytes and terabytes of data before even the organizations uh, um, knowing about it. And then final stage is where the ransom payload gets delivered. So all of these stages that I described, I mean, ransomware attack comprise of all of these stages. It's not just a file that gets dropped that starts encrypting files on the endpoint. Okay? In fact, that's the most easiest part for majority of the endpoint security solution. When they start enumerating through files or network shares in an attempt to encrypt the file, a lot of the security solutions, endpoint security solutions can flag that, but it's all this activity that happens before that, that does maximum damage, uh, leading up to them even disabling endpoint security solution in certain cases is where uh, you know the organizations fail. And that's where I have a lot of suggestions as well that I often, in fact, we covered it on our last, last podcast as well that I'll, ha I'll be happy to cover. Just before we come on to sort of the ways that organizations can take some proactive steps to defend against ransomware. I think the last kind of big eye-popping uh, find in the report for me was the average demand for a ransom payment. Uh, I think it was $5.3 million on average. What impact is that having on, you know, the ransomware ecosystem? And, you know, I guess the question that always gets asked when ransomware comes up as a topic is, what should organizations do if they're hit with one of these requests? Do you pay the ransom or should you not? Look, the second question is a tough one. It depends on the situation and the type of data involved. If it's, uh, um, I mean, uh, depending on the level of risk that data would pose, if you were to get out, uh, organizations uh, will have to make tough choices. But I'll focus more on the first point, right? Why are we seeing rise in some of the average ransom uh, demands as well. So these guys, I mean, I often get asked, like, are these targeted attacks? In many of these cases, in majority of the cases, I would go ahead and say, these are opportunistic in nature. So they don't even know the victim until they've established that initial foothold. That's where they will do recon of the internal environment, who the victim is. They will go to the extent of even taking a look at their financial situation so how much how much uh, liquid uh, assets do they have what's their bank account statement look like what kind of insurance coverage limits does this uh, organization have and these all things goes into them then coming up with a ransom demand right now um, we, we do a lot of research in this area as well. Like after a ransomware attack is successful, what, what, what are different stages uh, before the victim is able to recover from it? One of the uh, stages, ransom negotiation stage. Um, there are organizations that help victims negotiate ransom right, in order to bring down the ransom amount. Ransomware operators are also smart enough and they will negotiate up on, until certain level. And we, we monitor this. We have seen them refusing uh, ransoms. Uh, so there was this victim where they were asking for $8 million in ransom. Um, the victim, it seemed like they engaged uh, 
um, uh, ransom negotiation uh, agency, and and they were trying to bring it down to um, you know two million north of two million, and and uh, the negotiation failed. They were the, the the ransomware operator was basically like, we know you have this much cash in your account. We know this is you you are able to pay this much. Pay this amount, or we will leak your data. And and it basically failed, and the data was leaked in this case. On a more positive note, the report outlines a number of critical steps that organizations should be taking to stop ransomware attacks, including data backup, identity controls, browser isolation, zero trust network access. In your view, what is the most effective way that organizations can put together a strategy to help deal with ransomware, bringing together these different technologies? As you say, this is something we, we covered on our first podcast back in... So look, the fundamentals of zero trust uh, architecture are uh, going to significantly help organizations in in defending against these type of uh, uh, ransomware attacks. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, their first goal is to get that initial entry point, right? So what can an organization do to reduce that initial attack surface that these bad guys are trying to exploit? So your zero trust solution should allow you to minimize that attack surface that's exposed to the internet and hide your attack surface behind a cloud native proxy-based solution. So it's hard for the bad guys to, to establish that initial foothold. It should also allow you to apply consistent security policy, no matter where your users or assets are. And this is where having that security solution in the cloud with more than 150 data centers in case of Zscaler is is very, very effective because the security services are essentially following the user. No matter where the users are, they're going through consistent level of security inspection that the organization has defined. So this is the second stage. This allows you to prevent that initial compromise. First stage is you are reducing the attack surface. Second is you're preventing that initial compromise. Third, and the most important stage, which I mentioned earlier, and this is also where the weaponizing of vulnerability exploit can be reduced is by implementing user to app segmentation. This is where you are reducing that blast radius. Assume that one of the asset were to get compromised because user made a poor choice or or there was a vulnerable asset. If the bad guy is contained to that asset, they will not be able to move laterally in the environment because your proper zero trust based segmentation implemented app protection deception uh, then they're not able to get to your crown jewel application. They're not able to steal that sensitive data. They're not able to establish entire network-wide persistence in your environment. And so that that itself by architecture will reduce the impact of these type of attacks. And then the last and the most important one is where you need to have consistent data loss inspection strategy in place. This is not just true for ransomware, but even for things like insider threat, malicious insider, where someone is exfilling large volume of data going to an internet bound destination. You need to open the TLS connection. You need to apply custom dictionaries, uh, DLP rules that are looking for data that is sensitive to your environment. And stepping back from the enterprise itself and the strategies that organizations, as you've outlined there, should be putting in place. 
what more can governments and industry stakeholders globally be doing to combat these ransomware gangs and the rise of ransomware that we're seeing today? Yeah, and and, and this is actually an area where I've seen uh, good positive developments with you know uh, entities like JCDC stepping in. Uh, we are we as Zscaler Threat Labs are also directly involved in working with uh, JCDC. Various regional certs are also paying close attention. There is, uh, um, um, you know, there are several law enforcement agencies that are going after specific ransomware gangs. Right? And now I'm not talking about them just focusing on taking down the infrastructure, but actually going after the, the humans that are behind these, uh, these operations. That's, that's basically something that has more lasting effect uh, then just taking down one piece of infrastructure because they will always come back with a new name, new infrastructure. So uh, there are positive developments over here. There is definitely increased focus, especially against ransomware. And that's where we're seeing these trends where they're trying to avoid attention of law enforcement, government, or public, both for the victim and themselves, right, by doing these kind of encryption-less attacks. So at the end of the day, the best way for enterprises and organizations to stay protected is with the strategies you've outlined there around implementing zero trust network access and, and really looking to secure that internal data. Exactly. So you, you have to become more and more proactive uh, in your approach. And it, it is boiling down to implementing a true zero trust architecture. Um, I also see a lot of the organizations say, hey, I have true... I have zero trust implemented, but then they're just using virtualized uh, version of legacy architecture devices like virtualized VPN. Oh, VPN is running in the cloud, but it's still providing you that flat network, right, which is where they fall victim. So having that false sense of security is also, also dangerous. So the questions you need to ask is in the four buckets that I just walked you through, right? If one of my employee asset were to get compromised, what is the blast radius from that point onwards? So it's very, very important to, to um, you know, make sure you have the right architecture in place. Absolutely. So my final question for you, uh, Deepan, is how do you think we're likely to see ransomware continue to evolve over the next 12 months? Yeah, so in terms of evolution, I, I and I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of my team, like we anticipate more and more encryption-less uh, attacks uh, happening. There will be, in fact, we've started seeing certain families that just does encryption-less attacks. That's one. Number two is supply chain attack vector. Uh, we have seen Kaseya. I would even classify the... Uh, so Kaseya was a Kaseya supply chain attack where Reveal ransomware group was able to take advantage of. I would even classify the one where move it vulnerability was being leveraged to uh, conduct a lot of downstream attacks on all the vendors that had move it installed uh, and get Im got impacted with data exfiltration. So supply chain attacks in combination with ransomware is something that we should keep an eye out for because that, that has big impact. Um, yeah, and the third thing is, and this is, me going a little geeky, this is something we plan to talk uh, at uh, at Black Hat, is where they're also starting to see, uh, make changes at the code level, where they're 
picking specific programming languages like Rust, Golang, uh, moving away from C, C++ within, uh, with an attempt to make it difficult to analyze these payloads, uh, flag these payloads in certain cases, and also to optimize, uh, to make them quick, make them fast in, in the operations that they're designed to, whether it's encrypting the file or, or stealing data. Deepan, thank you very much for a fascinating conversation and have a great week at Black Hat in Las Vegas. I look forward to hearing more from Zscaler at the show. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. It's always a pleasure speaking with you, Joel. Thank you for listening to the Expert Insights Podcast. For more, please subscribe or visit expertinsights.com to find interviews with experts and trusted reviews of top cloud solutions.